Zach Crawley was incredible. 189 off of 182. It was a 93-ball century. It was just an incredible effort. Basball at its finest. Uh, joining us down the line to talk all about it, live from the UK and from ESPN Crick Info, is Andrew McGlash. And Andrew, welcome back to the show. Hi there. Good to be with you again. Thank you very much for, for joining us. Uh, Andrew, it was a, a tough watch for us back here in Australia, but a, a great day for England. What did you make of day two? Uh, they, they were absolutely dominant yesterday. Um, Australia, as we said at times, looked pretty shell-shocked, particularly in that middle session when Crawley and Joe Root um, scored at seven and over, um, and it sort of transformed the test match and, and, and potentially the series as well. I mean, there is, of course, and the, the big talking point over here is the weather that's going to come in over the weekend. We've actually got a little bit of rain falling as I'm talking to you in Manchester at the moment, but that is meant to clear. Today's meant to be a pretty fine day, so England will have to keep the game moving today. They might even have to try and win the game today if they if they can. Tomorrow looks a very bleak forecast. Sunday isn't great, so from perhaps the Australian point of view, that's the... Uh, that's the silver lining in the clouds at the moment, but they had a really tough day yesterday. They're going to have to dig deep. Um, and they can't, then the danger for Australia is that they start thinking about the weather and thinking about mm. the draw. Uh, and that, 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 that could be really dangerous for them. So they need to come back out today, bowl better, try knocking them over, keep the lead to, to as small as they can. And then it's in their hands a bit how the game might play out. But uh, yeah, that was a rough day for them yesterday. What did the Aussies do wrong? Uh, where did they fall down in your opinion? Oh, it was actually the batting in the first innings, I think, which has left them in this position. This is a pretty good pitch, as we saw yesterday. All their top order, apart from Usman Khawaja, got starts. Um, I think all of them reached 30 and, and, and couldn't go on. And that that, that that was a bit wasteful and a bit loose from them. Um, so 317 on that was was okay, but it wasn't it wasn't a dominant score. And as soon as um, as soon as that Crawley got going, it, it didn't look enough. So that's what's left Australia under pressure. Yes, they, they didn't bowl well yesterday. They were two sides of the wicket. Um, they didn't seem to have a consistent plan, albeit that could be difficult to do when you've got a player going like that Crawley. And Crawley did have a little bit of luck on his way inside. Stead more than once past his stumps. Um, a couple flew over the, the slips. But um, yeah, Australia didn't really know how to stop that partnership in the middle of the day, but they were left in that position because they're batting at misfired. So if things do go wrong for them in the rest of this game, I think they'll look back to that first day uh, where, they, where they're ranked for 300 is uh, where they let the chaps slip. Tell us about Zach Crawley and what he just did. It was remarkable. 189 off of 182. I mentioned his stats off the top. Uh, Zach Crawley, that was an incredible performance. It was, and kind of it brings together everything that Zach Crawley and, in a sense, this England team is about, really. I mean, his position has been one of the most hotly debated um, in this England side. I mean, he averages 30 after 30 odd test matches, and he admitted last night when he was speaking to us that under any other coaching structure, any other team, he wouldn't be playing test cricket right now. But Brendan McCullum and Ben Stokes have backed him because they could see this exact innings in him, and he has shown it occasionally in test cricket. He had a 260 against Pakistan three years ago. He played well a couple of times in the Ashes down under two winters ago. So he's shown glimpses of this is that innings yesterday is why England pick him. They're actually happy. Though. I wouldn't say they're happy, but they're okay if he goes three, four, five innings without a big score because they had they feel he has a match-winning inning in him and he may have played one yesterday. So that was all part of the Zach Crawley story um, and, and probably a little bit more than anyone expected, really, because that is a good Australian attack that he tore to shreds yesterday. They didn't, like I say, they didn't bowl brilliantly, but 
they weren't a bad team overnight, but uh, but Zach Corley put them under immense pressure, and it was a uh, it was one of the great Ashes innings, really. Are you surprised we haven't seen that sort of an innings from Manus Labuschagne yet? Oh, they're very different sorts of players, uh, Labuschagne and Corley. But yes, Manus is having a very tricky Ashes series, and the big frustration for him is, um, and it's kind of a little bit different to the Corley argument, like. Crawley might nick off for eight and ten and not really get going. Marnus is getting in almost every innings. He got a half century first innings this game and then missed one for Moeen Alley that turned a bit and was out next ball. And that was symptomatic of the series he's had. He's found some odd ways to get out. He's carved a long hop to cover point. He's slug swept a deep mid wicket at Headingley last week. That might turn out to be one of the turning points of the series, that little double dismissal of Labasane and Smith last week, but he, he looks a frustrated cricket at the moment. He doesn't he doesn't look in terrible form, uh, but he's he's a bit jumpy at the crease. He hasn't always looked settled, albeit he did look better in this innings, and that will add to the frustration of not going on. So the fact that England have managed to keep him and Smith relatively quiet all series, Smith hundred at Lords mm. is the only other major score they've made. That's been a big reason why England are still in this series. Yeah, he's been working really hard, Marnus. You can see that, but. Uh... They're playing really well in England, and um, they're making it very hard on him to, to score big. Uh, Moeen Ali at three. What, what do you make of Moeen Ali uh, coming in at three for England? Uh, not bad yesterday, 54. No, he did a really important job yesterday, and just the whole Moeen Ali story of this series is a pretty incredible one, really. I mean, a month ago, or just over a month ago, his test career was over. He hadn't played for two years. Well, he retired from the format. Um, England lose Jack Leach. Uh, from the series and they send an SOS for a spin bowling all-rounder and Moeen says, yeah, go on, why not? This looks like a fun team to play for. Um, he could barely bowl at bass and his spinning finger ripped open because of the seam on the on, on the Duke's ball. He didn't play Lords and he comes back at Headingley, takes key wickets and now answers the next SOS, which is, can you please bat number three because no one else wants to move positions in the order. So basically, <laughs> he spoke about it. Uh, he spoke about it before the game. He said, it's not the best thing for me, but it's the best thing for the team, and I'm more than happy to do that. And it's all about, that is the culture of this England team. Ben Stokes has said he wants 11 or 10 more selfless cricketers, and what Moeen's doing for England this series is absolutely mm. that. It's a selfless cause. He's, he's putting himself in the pain barrier. He's doing things that aren't really the best for his game, but they work with England. It means Harry Brook can still bat number five, which we saw in the heading run chase was crucial. He's obviously unbeaten when play starts again here in a couple of hours' time. So, the Moeen Alley, there's so many stories in this Ashes series from both sides, but that Moeen one is, is so unexpected, but turning into a, into a brilliant one as well. Hey, Andrew, Todd Murphy, uh, the omission, mm. the right call or the wrong call by the Australian selectors? Oh, it's looking the wrong call now, isn't it? And I, I, selection generally always comes with a degree of hindsight. It, it was a massive call to make before this game. It was always going to be... The hotly debated one, and I go back to Australia not getting enough runs in the first innings because yesterday the attack did look one-dimensional. The fact Travis Head was brought on in the 23rd over sort of answered a lot of those questions because that surely wasn't plan A to be bowling Travis Head in the 23rd over when you pick basically an all-pace attack and then he goes at eight and over or whatever it did. And that's no criticism of Travis Head. It's not his job to be the frontline spinner. But yes, Australia it looked, needed a needed a spinner in this game, and I, they, they've gone the wrong way with Green over over him. I think, albeit Green bowled okay yesterday, but I, I look, they basically only left themselves one way to play in this game, and that's with their 
pace heavy attack. So it was a massive call. They may still get away with it this week because of the weather, but very hard to see how they don't bring Todd Murphy back mm. at the Oval next next week. And as we all know, more than ten years since Australia had not played a frontline spinner, and it, it was a big call. And like that, if if they'd managed to bat better in the first innings, we probably wouldn't be talking about it because the game would be close to being arguably dead by now because of the forecast we have coming up. But yeah, that yesterday when runs were coming at seven and eight and over, it isn't to say that Todd Murphy wouldn't have gone for those runs as well, but he would have at least given Pat Cummins something different um, to throw at Crawley and Root. And who knows, it might have been a different story. Uh, what's the latest on Mitch, um, uh, yeah, Mitchell Stark? Yeah, I mean, last night, um, Australia were hopeful he'd be okay to, to bowl today. I mean, it didn't look great when he came off and he briefly came back on the field with that shoulder problem. Couldn't really... It, it was one of those strange ones. It looked like he might be okay with the bowling action, but the throw, which is a different mechanism for the shoulder, was really causing him some trouble. So we'll have a better idea in a couple of hours' time, I think. But yeah, that didn't look great. Uh, but like I say, they were confident that he would be okay. Um, this morning, it was a good sign he was able to come back on the field because when he initially went down, it didn't look good at all. But yeah, that's another concern for Australia. These, mm. two last, these last two tests are back-to-back. So if anyone does pick up a niggle in this game, they've only got a couple of days to turn it round for the ovals. So you do wonder whether Mitchell Stark will be able to pull. So he did also seem to have a problem with his left leg at one point, although Dan Vittori, the coach, assistant coach, played that down last night, said that wasn't an issue. But um, looks as though he's got one or two concerns there, Mitch Stark. So that's definitely one to watch today. A couple more before I do let you go, Andrew. What did you make of the way Pat Cummins captained the team? It, it, it was a bad day for Pat Cummins all round. Um, he obviously started with him getting out first ball of the day. He missed a couple of catches in the field. And, and he, it looked as though he, he lost control of the game a little bit. And it was probably the first time we'd seen the pressures that a bowling captain can be under. Now, this isn't to say that Pat Cummins won't work it out. He's a very intelligent guy. He's a very good captain. He's obviously a brilliant cricketer. But yet, yesterday was not his finest hour. He, he was chasing the game a bit too much and that you can get sucked into doing that when the opposition is scoring at 6-7-0 but every second ball the field was changing every second ball he was talking to his bowler didn't really seem to have a coherent plan so he was under pressure yesterday a few a few cracks emerged so the rest of this game I'm leading into next week um, I mean Australia may well retain the ashes here but obviously this is a draw Australia still retain the ashes this week but if they go to the oval 2-1 with England having dominated this game they're really going to need to win at the Oval to prove that they are the better team. So the next seven, eight, nine days is very important now for Pat Cummins because two weeks ago it was 2-0 to Australia. Everything was looking pretty rosy. Uh, but that's all changed now. All the momentum is with England. And this is this is, this, well, this is Pat Cummins' biggest challenge mm. as a captain now. He's only had the job for 18 months. But this is his biggest challenge uh, to make sure this tour doesn't come off the rails now. All right. So what's your prediction, Andrew? Finally, before I do let you go... What's your prediction for the oh, series? Uh, oh, well, look, I, I, England are going to have to play very well and very aggressively to beat the weather over the next three days. They'll give it a go. My gut feeling is they might run out of time here unless they can win the game today. So mm. my gut feel is it is going to be a draw here in Manchester. Australia retain. And then, as I said previously, um, the momentum is with them and they'll go to the Oval confident even if they can't get the ashes back and um, it's going to be a big challenge for Australia now there are a few cracks have appeared in their team so I, I'm going to go for a 2-2 series draw but ashes retained 
uh, by Australia, but not very convincingly. Andrew, uh, a pleasure as always. Thank you very much for taking the time and enjoy day three. No worries, anytime. Thank you. There he goes, Andrew McGlashan from ESPN Crick Info.